Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour, (laughs) and what a blessing we get to join together for a holy purpose, letting spirit guide us. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles. It is my pleasure to share. I've been doing so for at least 15 years now. Very grateful for that. One of the things that uh, people tell me, actually, is they appreciate my consistency. And to be perfectly clear, my consistency is truly, first and foremost, an act of self-love. It really is. I've learned that there is such a thing as a divine discipline. It's something Martin Luther King Jr., who's influenced me greatly, he talked about the drum major instinct and uh, that divine discipline, what Reverend Michael Beckwith calls blissipline, is something that has been fundamental to my spiritual advancement. So some of the things I do every day, I, I will tell you about. I hadn't planned to do that, but that's exactly where Spirit let me. So first, let me begin with a prayer and a blessing, which is something I do all day long. It has changed my life. It's one of the reasons why I love, 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 love teaching prayer. Folks in my year-long course, Masterful Living and in Finding Freedom, tell me all the time, everything changed in my life once I learned prayer the way you teach it. It has changed my relationships and my relationship to life. So let's begin with that. I place my hand on my heart and wholeheartedly partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self, so grateful and thankful to step into a world of blessings, stepping into the world of magnificence and beauty and radiance and Christed light. We are grateful to open our hearts and minds to the very highest wisdom. We're letting go the blocks to love, letting go of limited ideas and thoughts of the past. We're steeping ourselves in the opportunity to love and be loved, to have great compassion and understanding, true wisdom, Right here, right now, this is the moment now. We open ourselves to be the very best receivers that it's possible for us to be. And so we are grateful to allow the healing to stream forth in our mind and to be made manifest in our life and our experience, in our body and in our relationships, in our finances. And in our well-being, we are grateful to share the benefits with our brothers and sisters. We rejoice to allow it to fully unfold. And so we can say, it is done, it is done, it is done. Amen. Amen, amen. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, so consistency has really become my friend. Around the time that I started to work the lessons and study A Course in Miracles, 2006, um, I, and then in 2007, uh, I started with the lessons and I also began a, a study group on the phone. And I, cause I, I, well, that's another story for another time. But anyway, <laughs> so I started that study group on the phone and then I decided to, well, what happened was I, being a prayer practitioner and a science of mind practitioner, a spiritual counselor, I was getting requests for prayer basically most days. And people uh, sometimes told me, oh, I was so freaked out in the middle of the night or early this morning, late last night, and I really wanted to call you for prayer. But I knew I would wake you because they would have called me on my landline. And I didn't want to wake you. In fact, one of the things I had to learn was to unplug my phone at, at night because people would call. And uh, I, as much as I enjoy and love serving people, and that's so important to me, self-care, I do prioritize my self-care for sure. So anyway, uh, I asked Spirit, what can I do? People would like to pray at our, all hours of day and night. What can I do? What can I do? And so I got the answer to create a phone line where people could call for prayer 24-7 and to record a prayer every day. So I started doing that uh, maybe in early 2007. I started doing that. And I've been doing it ever since. So that's about 15 years, a little more than 15 years. So you can you can call that. That's my prayer for today. And the phone number, it hasn't changed all these years. It's been the same. It's a Southern California number. Uh, it's 760-569-6005. 760-569-6005. And uh, I record the prayer every day. I also have the Prayer for Today podcast, which you can find in your podcast app. And uh, just search for... Prayer for Today or Jennifer Hadley. I think there's a few thousand prayers in there. I think it depends on what podcast service you're using. So you might try Stitcher or um, what do you call it? Spotify, maybe. And uh, because Apple Podcasts limit how many episodes. And in particular, with this podcast, it only keeps 300 episodes and this is I think 561 so the other 261 episodes are in the A Course in Miracles archive A Course in Miracles archive podcast if you're on an Apple device but you can get 
the Spotify or the Stitcher app, I think, if you're on an Apple device. So anyway, consistency. Consistency of spiritual practice. Uh, Our topic this week is, are you a teacher of God? And the, the manual for teachers has a chapter right at the beginning of the manual for teachers who are God's teachers. So, and, and consistency is the number two characteristic of God's teachers. Jesus calls it honesty. Being honest is being consistent. Being consistent is being honest. Consistently loving, consistently compassionate, consistently truthful. So, for me, recording that prayer every day for 15 years, it's not hard. It's not hard. I don't forget to do it. I have had issues where I couldn't upload it. Back in the day, used to have internet issues from time to time, or I might be sick or traveling. I couldn't get it published. might be later in the day or something like that. As an experiment, I took two weeks off one year, and uh, I don't know. I I didn't see any value in that, but I think it's good to experiment. It's not a burden for me to record a prayer. It's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing, and I'm so grateful, and I'm so grateful for the people who tell me it's meaningful to them. It is, I think... Part of, I know, what what part of being a teacher of God is all about is naturally being an example. So being a loving example of someone who is willing to be consistent, to have a divine discipline, a discipline of love. And I record the prayers because I like doing it. I also record the prayers because I feel the connection with the people who listen. They are my prayer partners in life in this world. And I I really haven't traveled in the last couple of years except to to go to places where I can drive. I haven't been on a plane in two and a half years. Um, but I have prayer partners all over the world, and when I was traveling, and I'm sure I will be again, uh, it was wonderful to walk into a room at a workshop or a church doing a Sunday service or a conference or any kind of a thing, and to have people come up and say, I'm your prayer partner, been your prayer partner for five years. It's, it's, mm. It's so lovely because I feel a deep heart connection with the people. And even though I may not know their name, I may not know their face until we meet in person or something like that, or we meet on Zoom in one of my classes, boy, I feel the connection. I do, I do. So it's a beautiful thing and it's a divine opportunity and I sincerely deeply 
intend and hold that the choices that I'm making and the ways in which I use my life force, my energy, my time, my attention, my loving heart, my gifts and talents, the ways that I am investing of myself, that somehow, some way, it will be an inspiration to others. That they will feel inspired to start their podcasts and their prayer lines and their sharing, their speaking, their writing. It's I write daily inspiration and I include a daily prayer. And again, I've been doing that for many years. Uh, before I started the daily inspiration, I did it not every day. Um, but I started writing my blog, I think in 97. 97, so that's 25 years. Mm-hmm. And it blesses me every day. It's part of my spiritual practice. People say, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, I have a daily spiritual practice. That's, I do it because it's part of my spiritual practice. That's a wonderful way to, to do things. And part of my spiritual practice is my self-care, my loving self-care. And my self-care, of course, includes my body, things like taking care of my teeth and my skin and getting sleep and all these things. But self-care is also leaving enough time so I don't have to rush. Uh, it's making time for loved ones. It's all these different things. It really is. So, Manual for Teachers. There are so many good things in here. And... Let me begin with the introduction where it says the role of teaching and learning is actually reversed in the thinking of the world. The reversal is characteristic, meaning it's always opposite day on planet Earth. It seems as if the teacher and the learner are separated. The teacher giving something to the learner rather than to himself. Further, the act of teaching is regarded as a special activity in which one engages only a relatively small proportion of one's time. All right, so let's look at what that means. So it seems as if the teacher and the learner are separated and that the teacher's giving something to the learner rather than to himself. Yet, <laughs> what it then goes on to say in the chapter 2, so there's the introduction, chapter 1 is who are God's teachers, and chapter 2 is who are their pupils. 
And in that section, it it says something that's extremely complimentary to what I just read in the introduction. And it says here, when the teacher of God is ready to learn, the opportunities to teach will be provided for him. When the teacher of God is ready to learn, the opportunities to teach will be provided for him. And what I can say to that is, ain't that the truth? When I became truly ready to learn, not just to get spiritual information, not just to feel better about myself, not just to end my suffering or to feel like I had a clue, but I was truly ready to let go of my ego identification and to remember my tr- myself as the Christ. Then the opportunities to learn and to teach were provided to me. So, teaching and learning, it happens simultaneously. So, going back to the introduction, the act of teaching is regarded as a special activity in which one engages only a relatively small proportion of one's time. The the course, on the other hand, emphasizes that to teach is to learn, so that teacher and learner are the same. It also emphasizes that teaching is a constant process. It goes on every moment of the day and continues into sleeping thoughts as well. To teach is to demonstrate. There are only two thought systems, and you demonstrate that you believe one or the other, is true all the time. From your demonstration, others learn, and so do you. The question is not whether you will teach, for in that there is no choice. The purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. So, I often say everybody's watching all the time. Everybody's looking to see if what you're choosing is making you happy or what you're choosing is making you unhappy. So another way I say it is everybody is observing the efficacy of your choices. In other words, everyone is observing the Efficiency, the effectiveness of your choices. So while we're learning, we're teaching all the time. Everyone is teaching. He says that the mind never sleeps. And so in this, in this particular part of the teacher's manual, he's talking about how the teaching is a constant process. It goes on every moment of the day and continues into sleeping 
thoughts as well. Now, for me, one of the helpful things I've recognized along the way is I can learn through pain or I can learn through joy. I've talked a lot about this. So I'm interested in learning through joy. And so I'm interested in teaching. I think of it as sharing how to learn through joy. So I am learning how to learn through joy. And that really is remembering. Teaching is remembering. I'm interested in waking up through joy, learning through joy, remembering through joy in a joyful way so that that can be what I teach. (laughs) Remembering to laugh is so important to me because for a long time I didn't laugh. And sometimes when I get really upset, I'm unwilling to laugh. Fortunately, it's so rare at this point. I'm very grateful because it used to be every day. Every day I'd forget that it's possible to laugh. Oh, my God. To teach is to demonstrate. There are only two thought systems, and you demonstrate that you believe one or the other is true all the time. From your demonstration, others learn, and so do you. The question is not whether you will teach, for in that there is no choice. No choice for you, no choice for me. We're all going to be teaching all of the time. But are we teachers of God? Are we teaching effectiveness, spiritual effectiveness, love, The purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. You cannot give to someone else, but only to yourself. And this you learn through teaching. Where have we heard that before? To have, give all to all. Same as you cannot give to someone else, but only to yourself. And this you learn through teaching. To have, give all to all. So important for us to really understand in such a clear way that we take it with us in every moment of the day. You cannot give to someone else, but only to yourself. And this you learn through teaching. Teaching is but a call to witness to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. What does that mean, a method of conversion? Such a great way to say it. We're being converted. We're choosing to convert ourselves and bring everyone else along with us from the ego thought system to the Holy Spirit. Teaching is but a call to witness, to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. So, for instance, in all kinds of situations where when I'm teaching, I I love the Socratic method. For me, it's the best method. I'm not a lecturer. 
I can give a lecture with the best of them, but it's not what I enjoy. I enjoy the dialogue, the Socratic method. So in that dialogue, I am frequently asking people to explain more what they mean, give examples of what you mean, so that we can all connect into it. It's not enough to just say, oh, I I understand the point that you're making. Let's take it to another level of recognition, recognition, to recognize, to remember what's really true, and to see for ourselves, to feel and know for ourselves the whatever the person is sharing about. So we're connecting in the heart because that is the best way to ignite the insight, the intuition, and the learning. Teaching is but a call to witness, to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. Any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. No more than that, but also never less. So we are teaching the efficacy of our choices, our choice to love and to live a life of love. Oh my goodness, it is time for me to take a break and... I would like to share with you that I have some wonderful things coming up and you can get all the details at jenniferhadley.com. Specifically, actually, in terms of talking of a teacher of God, uh, we've got coming right up starting August 15th, we have the Create and Lead a Workshop that makes a difference, create and lead workshops that make a difference. With Karen Russo and myself, between us, we've got about 60 years at least of experience, and we are going to share with those who are interested in teaching any kind of workshop on any kind of topic so that you can feel comfortable, you feel qualified, and you can have fun with it. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And by the way, I am looking to help train more and more people to to teach, to offer workshops, just like with our spiritual counseling training program. We've got our intensive happening in November, which is open to everyone. Uh, also, the prayer practitioner training is ongoing. Anyone can join us. So I'm offering these trainings so that people can have spiritual careers, feel confident, feel qualified, and feel that they can be part of an organization where they're going to get all kinds of support to shine their light, to share, and do what they love. So if anything uh, about that interests you, check out the details at jenniferhadley.com. My name's Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles. We're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I'll be right back.
Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We're talking about A Course in Miracles. Uh, My name is Jennifer Hadley, and I'm so grateful for A Course in Miracles. Goodness gracious, am I grateful for everything that went into bringing this beautiful teaching of truth into our lives and that we get to share it with each other. How blessed are we? My goodness. So this week our topic is, are you a teacher of God? And in chapter one in the manual for teachers, it's entitled, who are God's teachers? And it begins this way. A teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. Do you choose to be one? You can say no. Don't worry about it. And here we've got the the gender thing. So it's all the masculine gender anyway. uh, We don't need to let that bother us or stand in the way. If it does bother us, let's just set that bother aside so we can hear what the truth is. So sometimes I might change the gender, and um, maybe I will here. I haven't quite done this before, but I'm going to make it into a feminine gender. So we'll just see how that goes. We're experimenting together. A teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. Her qualifications consist solely in this. Somehow, somewhere, she has made a deliberate choice in which she did not see her interests as apart from someone else's. Now, the way I think of that is somewhere, somehow, I had a moment when I did not see myself as separate from my sister and my brother. There you go. That's all. That's it. That's the qualification. So if you've ever felt that you weren't separate from someone, you felt connected to them, one with them in somehow, that their interests were yours. What what was important to them was important to you because it's important to them, because you feel connected to them then you're qualified to be a teacher of God. And all you have to do then is to choose to be a teacher of God. It says, once she's done that, her road is established and her direction is sure. A light has entered the darkness. It may be a single light, but that is enough. She has entered an agreement with God, even if she does not yet believe in God. She has become a bringer of salvation. She has become a teacher of God. They come from all over the world. They come from all religions and from no religion. That's me, no religion. (laughs) They are the ones who have answered. The call is universal. It goes on all the time, everywhere. It calls for teachers to speak for it and redeem the world. Many hear it, but few will answer. Yet, 
it is all a matter of time. Everyone will answer in the end, but the end can be a long, long way off. It is because of this that the plan of the teachers was established. Their function is to save time. Each one begins as a single light, but with the call at its center. It is a light that cannot be limited. And each one saves a thousand years of time as the world judges it. To the call itself, time has no meaning. There is a course for every teacher of God. The form of the course varies greatly. So do the particular teaching aids involved. But the content of the course never changes. Its central theme is always God's Son is guiltless and in his innocence is his salvation. So that's the number one thing that we are teaching. We're modeling it, that we're guiltless. Now, think of this. Think of how many religious leaders and spiritual teachers secretly feel guilty. And they teach the perpetuation of guilt. They teach the perpetuation of shame. They literally stand in a pulpit and say, do as I say, not as I do. And because I'm ashamed of what I do, I'm going to hide it from the world. You know, and that used to bother me. I think I'm over it now. It doesn't bother me so much anymore. But it used to bother me, and I, because it bothered me, I decided I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm not going to pretend that I feel peaceful when I don't feel peaceful. I'm not going to pretend that I'm more loving than I am, or more patient, or kind, or generous, or wise, or devoted than I am. I'm simply going to be honest. And what I'm interested in is eliminating the attraction to guilt. So guilt has a strong attraction for the ego identified. I'm interested in eliminating that attraction to guilt in my own awareness, in my own experience, so that I can model that. So every one of us is called, few will answer, and our function is to save time. Everyone's going to get there in the end. So no one's any better and no one's any worse. That would be meaning that there's some sense of separation. So seeing that there is no better and there is no worse and all is one, we're all going to get there at the end. We've all got the call 
happening all the time. We are all bringers of salvation. We are all teachers of God. Recognizing that, we can model that. And then in chapter 2, it's entitled, Who Are Their Pupils? And this was life-changing for me to read this. It was really, really helpful because I felt so unsettled with this idea of being a teacher of God, being a salvation of the world. Oh, I did not feel worthy because I felt that guilt. So this chapter was extremely helpful to me because I did feel the call and I yearned to answer the call to the very best of my ability. But my self-judgment kept getting in the way. It's one of the reasons why it's so important to me to keep offering things to help people who would like to answer the call and making it easier for them to answer the call so that they feel supported and loved and held. Because I know how challenging it is to do this. For instance, in my spiritual counseling training intensive, on the very first day, I say one of the main things we're going to work on here is eliminating the self-doubt the feelings of unworthiness because we cannot be good spiritual counselors and teachers of God feeling unworthy of answering the call. Michael Beckwith used to say to the ministers and the practitioners, he used to say to us, uh, I'm sure he still says it, he used to say, God does not call those who are qualified, he qualifies those who answer the call. You don't have to already be qualified. Now, A Course in Miracles says it differently. It says you are qualified. You are qualified. If you ever felt unity with another human being, you are qualified. And you can answer the call or not. That's up to you. So, in other words, what Michael Beckwith was saying is, God doesn't call the people who are already ministers he and practitioners. God qualifies you, trains you, teaches you. And that's how you... But you have to first recognize the call within you and that it's your heart's desire to answer it. For me, that became so clear that that was all I was interested in, nothing else. That's not where I started, not where I started at all, but that's what I got to. And it's perfectly okay to still be interested in other things. I'm still interested in other things. I'm I, I sometimes I think about maybe becoming a politician. I know this doesn't sound crazy, but I, I, I live in Vermont and there are many kind and caring and and thoughtful people here interested in the environment and 
all manner of ways to support the community, which is so important to me. That that's a thing. I I take to heart so deeply what Jesus taught when he walked the earth, which is what you do to the least of them you do to me. And that it's so essential that we look out for our brothers and sisters. All right, so back to who are their pupils. It's the second chapter and uh, of the Manual for Teachers. And this is really helpful, too, in understanding about your experience of being a teacher of God. Certain pupils have been assigned to each of God's teachers, and they will begin to look for her as soon as she has answered the call. Certain pupils have been assigned to each of God's teachers, and they will begin to look for her as soon as she has answered the call. So one of the things that I began to experience when I was first really engaging in teaching spirituality is people would say to me frequently, and remember that I had a very small audience then, I have a, a bigger audience now, a growing audience, which is lovely. And for me, it's not a numbers game or anything like that. It's, I'm interested in connecting with you. You. And if there's just a connection with you, you and me, that's plenty. Because we share the same mind with all the world. Yes. And I, I believe in the potency of that joining. And still, when I first was really stepping into sharing what I was learning and what was going on with me and how I was feeling uh, and and what I was experiencing and discovering and began sharing that, not just information that I had learned, but really my own experiences and that practical application from my own experience that was lighting me up from the inside so powerfully when I began to share about that, people would say to me on a very regular basis, you know, Jennifer, I've heard this principle taught and talked about a thousand times. I thought I knew it and understood it. But honest to God, when you just said it, I got it for the very first time, like I really got it in such a way that it's locked in, it's dialed in. I'm going to be able to keep it in the front of my mind forevermore. Now, they didn't say that last part, but that's what I, I could say. I've had that experience that I heard something, I got something. Usually, uh, sometimes it was from a person Definitely from my teacher, Venerable Dehani Oahu, but also from A Course in Miracles, that I would read something, all things work together for your good, and there are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego. Reading that, I went, oh, I 
get it now. Many, many times reading A Course in Miracles, I've had that, oh, I get it now. Same with listening to my teacher. And, and so people started saying that to me. And to me, that is evidence of what Jesus is talking about here in chapter 2. Who are their pupils? Where it says in the beginning, certain pupils have been assigned to each of God's teachers, and they will begin to look for her as soon as she has answered the call. They were chosen for her because the form of the universal curriculum that she will teach is best for them in view of their level of understanding. Her pupils have been waiting for her for her coming is certain. Again, it is only a matter of time. Once she has chosen to fulfill her role, they are ready to fulfill theirs. Time waits on her choice, but not on whom she will serve. When she is ready to learn, the opportunities to teach will be provided for her. I love that. I love that. And so that helped me as a newer teacher to the course. I had been teaching science of mind principles and things like that for maybe 10 years, uh, or certainly speaking about them, studying them, maybe eight years when I started to study the course. And when I read that, I said, oh, I'll just relax now. I I don't have to try to get um, participants in my courses because my pupils have already been assigned to me. And my job is simply to be ready to learn so that I can share with them in the ways that are useful to them. And so that really suited my personality because my personality is very much about what I, I've come to think of as the ministration of Christ, to be a minister of Christ. And um, that's not a religious thing. It's really doing what Jesus did, which is just walking among the people being a living demonstration and opening your mind to spirit and sharing from what spirit is guiding. That's what I'm interested in. And I am deeply, deeply, deeply interested in supporting people who feel lost and broken and frightened and worried and unqualified unworthy because I know it's I I understand that that experience is very intense and very strong I have felt that way too and I also know that it can be dissolved and resolved permanently back to whatever the root cause is and the truth can be revealed the perfection the innocence the holiness can be revealed and our holiness blesses the world. And so it doesn't matter if somebody would like to 
become a teacher of God and do what I'm doing. If they would, I'd love to support them. But if they'd rather do something else, like bake pies, or they'd like to be an excellent architect, uh, or they'd like to um, raise babies, or raise crops, or they're retired, and they'd like to simply be the matriarch or patriarch of their family, and to heal all the dynamics of the family that feel egotistical. That It's all being of service. It's all being of service. So I'm interested in profoundly supporting the people who would like to be of service in helping everyone remember their perfection, their wholeness, their innocence, and to relinquish the guilt, to stop poking the guilt... That's what I'm interested in. I'm so grateful that we can do this work. And we can do it joyfully. Absolutely joyfully. So for me, the thing is really less of, are you a teacher of God? Which means you're, you're saying yes. Because chances are, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, hey, you are already qualified as a teacher of God because you've definitely had some moment in your life when you saw yourself as not separate, but instead one with someone else, united with someone else. So back to the introduction, to teach is to demonstrate. This is paragraph two. There are only two thought systems, and you demonstrate that you believe one or the other is true all the time. We might go back and forth, but still, we're demonstrating what we believe. We're teaching the efficacy of our choices all the time. From your demonstration, others learn, and so do you. Well, I know this and prove this every single day, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. The question is not whether you will teach, for in that there is no choice. The purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. So if you'd like to learn A Course in Miracles, start sharing A Course in Miracles. I prefer to say sharing than teaching a lot of the time. Sometimes it doesn't make sense in a particular context, but most of the time I like to say I'm sharing this. You cannot give to someone else, but only to yourself, and this you learn through teaching. Teaching is but a call to witness, to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. Any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. No more than that, but also never less. So teaching what we are, we're the Christ. Teaching what they are, we're learning what they are. They're the Christ and we're one. Yes. Oh, my goodness. 
It's so powerful, so beautiful. Yes, it is. Now, it says here, now going to chapter one, bouncing around here. I don't care. That's what I feel guided to do. (laughs) Paragraph three in chapter one here. There is a course for every teacher of God. The form of the course varies greatly. So do the particular teaching aids involved. So one person might, their teaching aid might be their child or their grandchild. Another person's teaching aid may be their co-worker or their parent. See, that that's what he's saying there. The content of the course never changes because the course is always about teach only love for that is what you are. The course is always about remembering the unity of all life, remembering the Christ light within ourselves and in each other. The content of the course never changes. Its central theme is always God's son is guiltless and in his innocence is his salvation. It can be taught by actions or thoughts, in words or soundlessly, in any language or in no language, in any place or time or manner. It does not matter who the teacher was before he heard the call. He has become a savior by his answering. He has seen someone else as himself. He has therefore found his own salvation and the salvation of the world. In his rebirth, the world is reborn. Yes. Mm. So good, so good, so good. I'm so grateful we get to share it together. We're sharing the awakening of ourselves, each other, and the whole world. And I feel truly, truly blessed by that. If you're interested in how to create and lead a workshop that makes a difference online or in person, come join me and Karen Russo in our class that begins August 15th. We're going to have a lot to share, all the details at jenniferhadley.com. Let's take a breath of love and gratitude, hand on our heart. We are grateful and thankful for the love that we already are. We are blessing the whole world with our holiness. We're sharing the benefits of our healing, our awakening, our expansion, our clarity with everyone, everywhere. We know we are one, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.